Welcome to episode 158 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre featuring conversations with actors, directors, playwrights, and more. If you listened last week, you probably heard me rave about Space Opera Zero before I talk to Lisa Norton, who stars in that show. This week, we're going to talk to the other star of the show. And But before we get to that, I want to remind you that I worked out a deal with, with Eldritch Theatre, and so if you're a listener of this show, you can get discounted tickets to this show, which has been selling out. So you only have a few more shows to be able to, to, to see this. This show closes on December the 2nd, and so if you go to eldritchtheatre.ca slash tickets and buy your tickets and check out using the discount code STAGEWORTHY, you'll get cheaper tickets. And I highly recommend this show. And if you saw it, I want to hear what you think. So remember that you can you can find me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at StageworthyPod. And you can find the website for this podcast at StageworthyPodcast.com. And if you want to drop me a line, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Phil Rickaby. And my website is PhilRickaby.com. My guest is one of the stars of Space Opera Zero, Mari Bob. And Space Opera Zero is on now until December 2nd at the Red Sandcastle in Toronto. You guys started rehearsals for uh, Space Opera Zero? Monday. Yeah. Well, you've done a workshop. No. No, I oh, you were not part no. of the workshop. Okay. No, I'm brand new. Because I talked with Lisa, and she was part of the workshop. Yeah. Are you familiar with the, the Eldritch? I've actually work? never seen any of Derek, and I've seen all the pictures. Yeah. And stuff, but I've never made it to one of his mm-hmm. shows. So, are you prepared to be a puppet? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Are you prepared for some magic? Because that's always like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll just be watching the magic. But, um, I'm excited to get back into puppeteering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't done any since War Horse, so. Okay, okay. Um, so I'm excited about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I play uh, one of the aliens mm-hmm. in puppet form. Is there, but is there also a puppet that's you? Like the, are you a character or you're just one of the aliens? I think I'm just. Okay. I mean, maybe yeah. people, I don't mm. know how Devil's okay. going to do it. Like, uh-huh. I know there's like a space above that yeah. there's going to be puppetry happening but i i don't know how much is going to okay. be like me in puppet form yeah stuff. i that that is a mystery to me that's an exciting mystery though yes you know yeah i mean reading the script there's so much that I'm just mm-hmm. like, i have no idea how this is going to happen is it one of those things where you like you look at the script and you're like how is this even possible yeah okay yeah, it's like yeah. reading a movie okay and and somehow it's going to be on stage yeah in a space the size of this apartment <laughs> I mean, I think as of the Red Sandcastle, so it's about the length of this apartment, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the stage is really shallow, which is really intimate if you're not well, used to it. Well, they're doing it long ways. Okay. So, yeah. like, you'll come in and the seats will be right at the door. Okay, yeah. And then the stage at the back, I guess. Mm. As opposed to the stage along the side, which I think is... Yeah, that's usual. usual because... Yeah. Yeah, can it, it could be, that could be really... I know people who've been like, oh, you know... 
I'll go into that space and it'll be so, you know, the audience will be a distance. And I'm like, you've never seen that space before. There's no separation. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you're, like, you're sitting in somebody's lap practically. Yeah. It's a really intimate space, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, you, you mentioned Warhorse. Mm-hmm. Um, and were you, were, did you do Warhorse for the entire uh, run? Yeah, I did. Was... I started it in Toronto in uh, like December of 2011. Mm-hmm. And then we closed in January of 2013. And then about a month later, I joined the U.S. tour. Mm. And then toured with it until September of 2013. 14 i guess well i mean the like even having a show that runs for over a year is a rare thing in this city now yeah you know it used to be i mean in the in the you know when we had the glory the quote-unquote glory (laughs) days when it was like like miz that ran forever and phantom that ran forever that was like the you would expect that sort of thing but that hasn't happened no i mean i guess come from away is the one that's it's the closest, I think. That's. Yeah. I mean, it's going to run for a while. Yeah. You know, I think before that, Kinky Boots was the ran one of the was the longest sit down that I can remember. Yeah. It was a thing that, that we don't get to do much. No, I know. Well, part of it is, you know, labor costs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. And our show is very expensive. Yeah. Because of all the uh, the puppetry mm-hmm. maintenance and everything that happened to happen mm. the show. Yeah. That was a lot of like extra calls for the crew and that sort of thing. I can imagine. Like lots of lots of like I don't know like emergency triage of of, of puppets and yeah, things. Yeah, we didn't have too many accidents in Toronto because the puppets were fairly new. Mm-hmm. Once we got further on into the tour, mm, yes, the US tour like you know we we had to stop the show two or three times for really Joey just having a blowout. Oh. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah, because <sighs> they would try to go as far as they could, and then eventually it would just be like, no, we gotta get this puppet off the stage. Oh and my god! Like, burr, yeah. Burr, burr. Oh. That's, I mean, again, that's like live theater. Shit will happen sometimes, you know. And especially on tour when we were going through lots of different climates because the bamboo Mm. would constantly be, you know. Expanding. and Yeah. yeah. And then Mm. they just get on stage and just shatter. Oh, my God. Horrifying. That's the kind of thing they don't really prepare you for in theater school, is it? You know, (laughs) when your puppet shatters, what do you do? You know? Yeah. Did you guys have a plan? Like, they, they, did anybody say, like, so, if the puppet breaks, we will do this? Or did you just have to figure it out? Yeah, you just had to figure it out. And, mm. and uh, you know, the the main goal was to get through the scene until you could get off the stage. Like, finish yeah. the scene mm. and, you know, mask whatever damage yeah. as well as you can. Yeah. Um, then, you know, there was just sometimes where I was like, no. And the thing is, you can't really talk. And you're not allowed to talk in the puppet. Right. No, of course. And uh, so communicating is very difficult because mm. you're also on mic. Oh, of course. Because yeah. All the breaths. Yes. And, mm. and so unless you're making a horse noise. You can't do anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I just want to get your, the pronunciation of your name correctly. Mari. Okay. Cause I was going to say Mary. I was going to say like, I was going to say it wrong. So thank you for the correction. No problem. Um, so we, I mean, if you've done, you've done like, Stratford, have you done like what's what, what's your trajectory being? What what did you do before Warhorse? I I grew up in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Uvic and then did a show at Bard on the Beach for a couple of shows, like a season, and then uh, ended up getting a job in Winnipeg mm-hmm. from that, and lived in Winnipeg for about nine years, mm-hmm. and then my husband and I moved out in two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and 
done a few shows out here, like Drayton, mm-hmm. and yeah. that sort of thing. And then I did Rocky Horror at Can Stage um, in 2007. Oh, fuck, I saw that. I was Janet. There we go. There we go. And uh, then... But I did Charlottetown, and mm-hmm. so I was I was living here, but not a lot in the yeah. city. Just kind of all of, and going back to Winnipeg to still do shows yeah. at TC and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. then got Warhorse, and then since I finished that, I've been in the city, uh, mostly working like a little bit at Drayton mm-hmm. up in Orangeville. Um, I just finished a show at Theater Aquarius, mm-hmm. uh, Spider's Web by Agatha nice. Christie, which nice. was a lot of fun. Nice. And uh, yeah, I auditioned for Sean Strong, mm-hmm. but never quite. Okay. Never quite got to the door. Um, I, I have to talk about Rocky Horror for a second yeah. because I do have to, like, uh, for one thing, there are so many things about that show that make it difficult. Yeah. Um, first off, anybody who's seen the movie, nobody sees the movie once. They see the movie a million times, which makes it difficult to make any of those roles your own. Yeah. For one thing, I thought that Adam Brazier did, like, the impossible and made uh, Frankenfurter Truly unique and his own. Yeah. Now, I spoke to him and he was like, I'm built like a hockey player. I can't do exactly. that. Yeah. Which was great. I thought the, that everybody did a great job considering that it's like one of the only shows where we still have a little bit of Shakespearean audience participation going on. Yeah. What is that like to, to do that show with like audience members shouting things? Um. For the most part, it's tons of fun, mm-hmm. and it's really electric, and um, you feel like you're all in it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but opening was really tough. Opening mm-hmm. was a really tough night for us, because um, there had been a bunch of those Rocky Horror people from, I guess, Blue West, was yeah. that they'd yeah, yeah. all the time. And so they'd come to preview, and we'd had this really amazing preview. And then the theater invited them all to come back on opening. And it mm-hmm. it had a different vibe. Yeah. Like they felt empowered in a way. And it like when they came on preview, it was uh, it was a cooperative mm-hmm. adventure. Yeah. And they took ownership of opening. And, right. And that that was a tough mm-hmm. show. Yeah. We were all just like because we couldn't get into a rhythm because they were so into it yes and, yeah and kind of competing with us and, mm-hmm. um and so it was really that was a rough one but yeah. on, on the whole we loved it mm-hmm. and you know you'd hear different things all the time and oh it sure you to be alive in a different way yeah um because you know in a comedy you're always listening to the audience mm-hmm. but yeah um you know in a musical you're not usually yeah you're not a- aware of the audience in the same way yeah. Yeah. i found it interesting watching the show um, now I'd seen I'd seen it live a few times. I've seen I saw it years ago at Bathurst Street Theater with Juan Kioran as uh, as Frankenfurter. And was that the one that Charlotte Moore? I don't remember. Okay. I all, to be honest, I only remember him. Right. I only remember yeah. him because you know Juan Kioran. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've seen it a few times. There was like a, a junior production that did it, and then then Hart House did it, and then. Uh, Can Stage did it, and um, the the one at Can Stage was the only time I've ever seen it with um, people who are regular theater goers yeah. and people who were Rocky Horror theater goers, and that is an unusual mix. Yeah, yeah. 
it yeah. really is. Especially, <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't get to the Stratford one this summer because mm-hmm. I was out of town and mm-hmm. then I was doing my Hamilton show, but I mean, that's even more extreme. Oh my goodness, yes. Stage. Yes. So I, I would have loved to experience mm. that and the, yeah. the dichotomy there. Yeah, that'd be really, really interesting. Yeah, to I hear seen the it. one in Stratford is just fabulous. I didn't get out to see it either, but yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's a weird tension mm-hmm. because as performers, you are aware of what's happening out there and you know that there's people who are like, I don't understand what's happening right now. And I'm just trying to follow this story, which is, you know, it's, it's, a bit it's, weird. it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if you're looking for a narrative, then yeah, it's, <laughs> If you came to the show looking for narrative, then you're you came to the show for the wrong reason. <laughs> and then the people who who are trying to be a part of it, but mm-hmm. like just don't know all the rules. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it was really fun. And I was we had the best group of people mm. too. Like it was just yeah. a lovely cast. You definitely have to have like I know Can Stage did a whole lot of edu- they had like signs, education, things like that. Yeah, going up. I don't know if Stratford did, but you kind of have to if is you really have to prepare your theater going audience. For what they're about to experience, yeah. which is not going to be like anything else. Yeah. You said you spent a number of years in Winnipeg. Yes. Um, so what, I mean, you went to Winnipeg for a gig. Mm-hmm. What kept you there? The gigs. The gigs, yeah. 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 I, working at MTC is, it's, you just get so spoiled. Mm. You know, it's not just the resources that they have. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get to do the epic shows that don't come around very often Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know i was in their 50th anniversary season i was um playing emily in our town Mm -hmm. at night okay rehearsing the importance of being earnest during the day okay yeah that's a pretty special yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh and you know then you get to do a show like rocky horror Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah so um i was very, very fortunate when I lived there. I was given incredible mm-hmm. opportunities, incredibly diverse opportunities. Like I worked with Shakespeare in the Ruins, there, mm-hmm. which is like an outdoor, um, uh, what do they call it, promenade style mm-hmm. theater company. And uh, so I did. I played Miranda in the Tempest there, and we started the the storm scene in a tree. Mm-hmm. In a tree, mm-hmm. and then I got to do it again in MTC, and I played Ariel, mm-hmm. and it, you know, just things like that where. Um, yeah, I, I I I made the most of my time in winter. Yeah, and you know, working at PTE mm-hmm. and and Rainbow, like getting to do massive musicals for twenty five hundred people. Yeah, um, yeah. And then then just sort of felt like, um, not that I'd done it all, but like I needed to be challenged sure. a bit more. And yeah, work with new people and yeah, meet new people, and so came out here to yeah just learn a bit. I guess I mean the the theater world in Winnipeg is a bit smaller yeah. than 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 here oh, for sure. and more tight knit. Although the fringe is fucking huge, yeah. Um, and it's it's fringe. I performed on the on the MTC stage oh. uh, with at at a fringe festival when they put the seats on the stage. And- no, um, oh. they so they had in the main space they had blocked off most of this. So we had about three hundred seats available in that in that in that theater. And performed on this this massive stage it was the biggest stage we performed on in our in our tour, and it was like also like oh so now we have to try to fill three hundred seats rather than like one hundred seats yeah. which is you know fringe it's tough but yeah. a great space to we loved the crew there we loved that whole space yeah, so, yeah. I yeah. miss it mm. like yeah. just so many great friends mm-hmm. that I don't get to see nearly as of much course. Now. 
So when you, what was the biggest shock between from coming from Winnipeg to Toronto? Uh, well, I think it helped that I did have friends that lived out mm-hmm. here uh, mm-hmm. from working at Drayton and coming out and spending summers here. Um, I think, um, you know, coming out here without knowing anyone would be completely overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Do you mean in terms of the theater world or just anything anything let's let's you know let's talk about let's talk about toronto as a whole here whatever you want to talk about i i love (laughs) that i can take the subway in this city like that was one of the Mm. things i found really challenging in winnipeg was just getting around without a car yeah yeah but Mm. you know you don't want to take it all the time no um and we lived sort of towards the south of the city and uh just public transit there was so hard so getting here and being like oh i can take a subway until Mm -hmm. one o'clock Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that feeling of safety because there's always people around. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, that was something that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and always felt invigorated by. And um, in terms of theater, like just just how how many people are at the auditions, mm. and you know how on it everyone is in terms of like preparation. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's definitely people fight harder here. Mm-hmm. Is that is that because it was in in Winnipeg? There's a little bit more comfort because of the smaller community, or like, yeah, yeah, I think that's mm. that's part of it. And you know, a lot of times you're auditioning for directors that you've worked with a thousand times. Of course, yeah. So they know what you can do, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they're they're willing to sit down and chat with you and just be like, okay, well, just 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 do you know half of the scene. We'll yeah, just yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. And, um, but here, I feel like you're constantly proving yourself. Oh, sure. And, yeah. And hopefully bettering yourself. And, mm-hmm. and not, not to say that the community in Winnipeg is apathetic or anything. And I haven't been there for a while. And so I think a lot of things are changing. With mm-hmm. New blood coming and going. But, um, yeah, there's just a different degree of competitiveness. Sure. Competitiveness here. Well, sure. Absolutely. There, I mean, anytime you go to, for like different sizes of cities and different different theater communities it's always going to change yeah um so what just to go to go back a little further than victoria or yeah. back further in winnipeg yeah um growing up in victoria what is it that made you fall in love with theater what is it that made you want to do theater i i've done theater in my church when i was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom had directed a couple of shows and I enjoyed it. Um, but I was very serious about my studies. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lawyer. And then I, um, <laughs> then in grade nine, my high school drama teacher, Colin Skinner, mm-hmm. um, cast me. I don't even remember auditioning, but I guess I must have, but he cast me as Sandy in Greece. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, you know, the way a lot of young women stumble into theater. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Greece, Greece I think, is a gateway drug for many theater people. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so that was my first experience on a big stage. And there's this beautiful theater downtown Victoria called mm. McPherson. It's one of the old vaudeville houses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we would do our school shows in this beautiful theater with this orchestra. And, mm-hmm. You know, like our school orchestra. Kind yeah. Of thing. And... Uh, um, and that was, that was the first time that I was like, oh, what about this? Oh. <laughs> this is way more fun. <laughs> so, 
So until 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 Greece ruined you, yeah. um, you were you were thinking of being a lawyer. What is it that was drawing you to law? Was it did somebody tell you that you can make a lot of money there, or was it like what was it that made you? I think I my dad is a lawyer. Okay, so that was probably part mm-hmm. of it. Um, I've always loved language mm. and um, debate and rhetoric and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I was thinking I've been good at languages from. You know, when I was growing up, and so I was like, I could do something in international law. Yeah. Um, and I like being smart. Mm. <laughs> and I thought that being a lawyer would show that I was smart. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, was it difficult to make the transition from being an I'm going to be a lawyer person to I'm going to be an actor person? No, because I think I've, I've straddled the fence for, mm-hmm. you know, the rest of high school. I started singing. I was pursuing um, a more classical singing career. Mm-hmm. Not career, but taking, like, classical voice and yeah. applying to schools in England and that sort of thing. And then that felt really lonely. Mm. Um, and I was still doing plays. And yeah. so it was just a gradual um, mm-hmm. sort of move over to theater and you know, like in my grade 12 year, not really having a definite plan and not being able to say I'm going off to this school. Cause I okay. went to, I went to a private school mm-hmm. in Victoria where it's the kind of place that they announce where you're going. Oh, as you're, okay. You know, this person has been accepted by these. Schools. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. And, um, so just to, to be walking across that stage, like knowing that I was a very good student and I could have gone to a lot of different schools to say, Mari will be taking a year off to pursue artistic studies, you know. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and to tell my dad that I wasn't going to go into law. That was, my was mom that, was always sort of, was super okay. supportive. Was that a difficult conversation to have with your dad? Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, we've hashed it out now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all these years later. But, you know, eventually he asked me when I was going to get a real degree. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, occasionally the word, word real comes up in my life. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. you know, so you're not doing anything right now. You don't have a play coming up. Are you going to get a real job? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah. it's eight weeks. <laughs> it's, it's, always, it's always funny, like, the real thing for people who aren't in theater. Like, yeah. When are you going to give up this thing and get a real job? Or And you always wonder, like, if you're in it, you're like, what makes this any less, quote-unquote, real? It's still work. Yeah. It's just unfamiliar to you. Yeah. And he lives in England. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole... Yeah. It's, you know, it's a very different... He grew up in a very different place. Oh, sure. Yeah. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you remember... So it was Greece that made you want to do it. Yeah. Um... How? Because you know, sometimes people people will do shows and they'll be like, "I can." This is sort of a fun hobby, but then there are other people like yourself who eventually decide like, "This is what it's gonna. This is what's gonna be my living." At what point did you make the determined the determination that this was going to be your living? I don't know. Yeah, was it almost like as soon as you did it, you were like, "I don't want to do anything else," or was it more of a transition? Yeah, I th- I don't know that I ever made the decision consciously. Like now, I am a theater artist. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I think I was sort of keeping my options open in school, um, and then 
um, I had some friends who went to UVic in mm-hmm. the theater department there, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I could do that for a bit, and it's a degree, mm-hmm. you know, so if I then decided to go on and do something else, at least I would have, like, a BFA to start. Yes, yeah. And then um, the more the more I focused on it mm-hmm. and uh, started to get paid to do it, <laughs> I, like, I guess this is what I do now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Um. So now that you've you're you've 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 been you've been in a few places you've, mm-hmm. you've worked on the on the on the on the west coast yeah you've worked uh, in the prairies yeah and uh, Ontario and you've done done stuff all over you've toured the U S um, and Tokyo we and, closed Warhorse in Tokyo in Tokyo what yep. was that like was and taking taking this show to Tokyo it was beyond my wildest expectations. Yeah. The audiences there were unbelievable. Really? Like, um, you never saw a cell phone because they're allowed to take photos during the curtain call. Mm-hmm. And so whenever the curtain call started, like out would come the iPads and right. tablets. And it was just a sea of electronic devices because that's when like, you know, they were allowed and, you know, and they um, would tweet about it mm-hmm. and Instagram it. And so yeah. the publicity that we got from those curtain call photos was insane. Sure. And so I'm, I kind of think it's a brilliant built in marketing yeah. strategy. Um, but the audiences were so appreciative. Mm. And uh, so we had these um, like vertical titles mm-hmm. um, as translations okay. because, of course, the writing is yes. vertical. So on yeah. each side of the stage, we had side titles, yeah. I guess. Um, and the audiences, we did mostly matinees. It was mostly women mm-hmm. in the audience. Like the opening night party was a sea yeah. of men. Mm-hmm. Um and then all of our audiences were, I would say, probably 90% female. Hmm. And they knew the show. Like, there was one show we came out, and I loved doing more horse for the, like, 700 and whatever shows I did it. Yeah. I just loved it every time. And, uh, you know, we would come out, the panels would fly out for our final Only Remembered, and the whole ensemble would come out and sing. And uh, there was a woman in the front row singing along with us mm. and I just started bawling <laughs> and it like I was just so moved like she was just so into it and mm-hmm. just such a wanted to be a part of it with us and then the other thing that was remarkable was we were there in August so it's like 90% humidity yes yeah and so hot and so everyone has these dabbers because you walk around just sweating mm-hmm. the whole time yeah um and you look out you know, when you got your little moments to look out. And they so many people just hiding behind their dabbers, just holding them like this because they're just weeping. Oh. And, mm. it, you know, mostly white in this dark sea. And yes, just like yeah. Just people weeping. And, mm. um, and they would wait at the stage door and bring gifts for us. Oh, wow. And, like, mm. uh, the, the girl who played Emily, someone made a doll that looked exactly like her. Wow. And um, they, they they love to wave, so we would just be waving all the curtain calls. <laughs> At our final show, we uh, we would applaud all the horse teams as they did their final mm-hmm. rotation, so their mm-hmm. final Joey, their final yeah. Top Thorn. So we got backstage and we're changing, and we you know we're applauding the final 
Joey team and the audience heard that we were still backstage and they started screaming and yelling and they wouldn't let they, they wouldn't go so we ran back out there in like various stages of undress in our robes <laughs> and stuff just like holding each other yeah. and crying and mm. waving and like puppeteers jumped in the audience were hugging people and wow. it was it was unbelievable wow. and the dressers were incredible mm. and and that was fascinating too because a lot of them didn't speak much english sure, yeah. um but the beautiful customs there about whenever you get to the theater no matter what time of day you say good morning mm. because that's the start of your work day right and at okay. the end of the day you say otsukaraisamadeshita which is thank you for your work mm. and you say it to each other and just just so mm. many beautiful respectful yeah mm. moments Mm. And the city is just yeah. amazing. So you you didn't just tour the US, you toured all over. Well, we just went to Tokyo for okay. the final month. Okay. Um there was talk of doing China and Thailand and that sort mm. of thing, but it didn't materialize. China decided to do their own okay. um like fully Chinese production. Okay. Um which I think would have been amazing yeah. to see. Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Um so now You're going from from that, and we're going to get into a little more intimate space. Yes. To do uh, Space Opera Zero. Yes. And can you... I mean, we, we had Lisa on, mm -hmm. and she talked a little bit about it, but I'm curious, your description, having not been at the workshop and having only read the script, can you tell me what uh, Space Opera Zero is about? <sighs> I knew you were going to ask me this, and I even reread it this afternoon so that I could come up with a concise answer. And I don't know. Um, so it's it's about this Earthling astronaut, this woman mm -hmm. who um, ends up on uh, my planet. I'm a princess, Princess Janora, and uh, the two of them fall in love, mm -hmm. and. It's about the trials and tribulations of them trying to be together, mm -hmm. uh, coming from such different worlds. And, um, and then it's about what you're willing to do for love mm -hmm. and what, how you're affected by it and how the choices that you make affect you and change you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I got to say that one of my favorite things about about genre, science fiction especially, mm -hmm. is that you can do something that's about um, how people come together when they're from such different worlds. And it's not preachy because in science fiction, they're literally from different worlds. Yeah. And you can just tell the story, but it has a relevance to the world that's that's deeper than just like alien and human, which is a fascinating thing. Yeah. And there will be puppets and magic. magic and strange, interesting things. Some yeah. music. Music. Yes. Yeah. Will you be singing? Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, Lisa mentioned that she was actually afraid to sing. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's thinks she's going to be fine, but that that it's it's a it's a new thing for her. Right. And if you don't do it all the time, it is a very vulnerable thing. Singing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrible at musical auditions. Really? Yeah, just the worst. Um, I would say that 90% of the musicals that I've got have been in spite of my audition hmm. because I'm just a useless bag of nerves. But really? if I'm on stage, I'm fine. What is it about the... I mean, is it the, the fact that the audition is... 
you know, whether you're going to get the job or not, or is there something about singing a new song? Like, what is it about auditions that that gets you that performing doesn't? I've I've tried to meditate about it, <laughs> and I've considered like hypnosis yeah. and that kind of thing because it's. Um, I, I obviously don't have a handle on it. Mm. Um, I think it, it's always even harder if I know the person mm. that I'm auditioning for. Okay. Um, I think it's it's about being good enough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and and I sometimes and that's the thing if I don't really care about the show very much then I'm like yeah I can I got this it's funny yeah. um, but if I care mm. I have to be good enough hmm. and then I just seize up and I can't oh breathe. sure I mean it's the thing that we do to ourselves right yeah. when we go into the audition room and we're we put undue pressure on ourselves and sort of self-sabotage self because we want it so much you know yeah yeah hmm did you did you go to theater school or did you jump straight in? I did, oh, you did the degree. Program. Yeah, I did yeah. a BFA in so honors acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a four year thing, and then at UVic they have this main stage side of things where um, you know you have all your acting classwork and everything, but you can also be cast in these main stage shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky enough to do a lot of different shows because at the time, and I don't know if it's changed, um, you could. Finish. You could graduate without having been in a main stage show, and I think mm. they changed it either my last year or the year after, where you had mm. to have like a couple of credits. But that didn't mean that you had to have played a lead role sure. or anything. Um, but like the facilities at UVic are amazing. Mm. Like there's mm. a, a beautiful Prost the- theater and a Thrust as well, mm. which are are two different styles of performing, which is important to get under your belt too, because yeah. you never if you only ever worked on a on a on a proscenium stage and then you're you're thrown onto a onto a thrust it's a difficult thing to figure out yeah what did did i mean having done that do you ever walk into a a situation where you're the only person who knows how to how to perform on a thrust i don't know that i've worked on a real thrust since Mm. since school it's been mostly Mm. pros stuff so no, mm, no, okay. I've never. Okay. Do you do you feel like if you were thrown onto a onto a thrust, you'd you'd remember? It would I think so. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. most of the shows I ended up doing were in yeah. the thrust mm-hmm. theater, and uh, and I love it. Like uh, it's one of my favorite yeah. ways to work because you are so in it, but you still have the safety of like one wall that you don't have to keep happy all yes. the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, were there particular kinds of shows that they did on the thrust, or were they was no. it just like? hit and miss whichever yeah it was it was really varied Hmm. um you know we did a null coward um on the thrust Hmm. um but also more contemporary things like we did shakespeare on the thrust which was perfect and great um but what else did we do oh we did like norm foster's the melville boys on the on the thrust okay wow yeah that's awesome yeah what did you in theater school, did you get the opportunity to, aside from the Melville Boys, work on a, on a lot of Canadian stuff? Or is it... Because I find generally in a lot of theater schools, you don't work on a lot of Canadian stuff. Yeah. We... I did Escape from Happiness. Okay. Uh, Bob White from ATP came out to direct because they have guest directors there. Um, and that was amazing because mm-hmm. he was George's dramaturge for 
ever and like worked on a whole bunch of premieres. And mm. so to have his insight into that mm. and like I have to say that was some of the most fun I've ever had. Yeah. Like, just I love that show so much. Mm. Like knowing that my mom was gonna come, my mom and grandma were gonna come and I was gonna say fuck like seven <laughs> times. <laughs> was that I mean was that a source of anxiety or a secret joy? To be no, honest. it was total secret joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I would destroy yeah. a pot at the same time. Oh, yes, so, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like all of my pent-up rage, they sure. got a glimpse at the, the other side of me that they didn't get to see very much. <laughs> That's always fun, the, the things that you get to do on stage in front of your parents that you would never do. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, like this show. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, so, I'm going to come, right? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you're going to come. What is yeah. the... I mean, does, it, does your mom live in... She lives in Niagara in Falls. Niagara Falls, okay. Um, is there something in the show that you're, like, a little nervous for your mom to see, or is that... Uh... Um, I just don't know that it's her cup of tea. Okay. She's not much into science fiction. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, there's, you know, a lot of phallic things in the sure, show. Yeah. She's not exactly... Okay. Um, mm. You know. Yeah. The, you know, the interesting thing about the Eldridge Theatre audience is that they are n- predominantly not a theatre-going mm-hmm. audience, which is a rarity in this industry, especially here, but I'm sure everywhere, that people who come to see Eldridge shows are not people who go to see things at Factory, Tarragon, right. or, or Passamorai. They come for Eldridge and they come, like, they're more genre people. They see movies. They don't see theater. And it's interesting that there's an audience that, that Eric has built um, that's hungry for what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, he was telling me that this summer when we met to mm. discuss me if I was going to do this or not. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I just, I find that fascinating. Yeah. That he's just found this little group of people in the East End that... Yeah. Um, because you do sort of see the same people mm-hmm. at all the theaters yes. in Toronto. Yeah. And uh, so I'm fascinated to, to like meet a whole bunch of new people and new audience members. There are people who come from, like I know when I saw uh, the harrowing of Brimstone McCreary, mm-hmm. there are people who were coming from Barry. Like it's not just like, wow. like people who have seen Eldritch shows are hungry for what he, like, if he hasn't announced something as it starts to get into fall, apparently there are emails coming in. So what are you doing this year? What are you doing really? this year? Because they know that in the fall, he usually does something. Right. So they're like hungry for it, which is like, I don't know. He's got to, he's got to bottle that or do a workshop about like outreach because the audience that he's reaching is actually the audience that so many theaters want. Right. You know? Yeah. People yeah. who, aren't necessarily like artsy and yeah. educated yeah. in that way, yeah. you know, to appreciate what a good play is. Yeah. Like just like actual real people who just want to have a good time and hear yeah. a good story and well, have a great int- adventure. Yeah. And it's interesting because like he's offering something that, that you can't, and this is the thing. It's the thing that, that everybody's like, how do we get people off the couch and away from the Netflix? And he offers something you can't actually see yeah. on Netflix. A lot and of he's done and that puppets and, 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 and magic and yeah. Done it through following his passion. Yeah. Which is yeah. everyone's dream. Right? Absolutely. Like Absolutely. he hasn't 
compromised anything, but like he just, he writes what he wants to do and Mm -hmm. he does it. Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. And the the audience is there for it, which is, which is great. And I've, I, I mean, the first show I saw of his was the Herring of Brimstone McCready and, and, uh, my friend and I ended up, he had in, in his contraption stage thing, that was sort of like a bar slash area there were two seats on either side and apparently we were sassing him too much during his pre-show and he put us in those two seats on either side which meant that like we were when he did magic it was like close-up magic for oh us. my god and it was like just i thought oh well the show's ruined now because we're so close but it was not it was an incredible experience to so anybody who's going to an eldritch show if you see eric out there sass him he might put you really close just saying <laughs> just saying he probably will not appreciate that but sass him <laughs> Um, is there, I mean, you've, having read the script, but really sort of, um, not having been involved in the, in the earlier workshop and just sort of like, just trying to imagine how this is all going to come together. Is there something that you are completely excited or terrified to do in this show? Uh, The whole thing just seems like magic to me. Like I, I honestly, I, I'm excited to do all of it. Like I, I'm excited to see the spaceship crash. I'm excited to see the ray guns. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to have my head spin around and like all these things that I'm just like I have no idea how any of this is going to happen. And it's mm. I've talked to Dylan, our director, a few times about you know, the the things that he wants to yeah. go for in the story. Like, he wants it to be really anchored and honest mm-hmm. and committed. Um, so we've had, like, those kind of actor-director kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but even talking to Dylan, he's like, yeah, most of my discovery of, like, what the design is is through following Mel on our Instagram. <laughs> like, you know, I'll ask questions, and then, you know, the yeah. best way to see it is just on Instagram. And mm. so I think I think it's going to be really collaborative. And, yeah. and um, yeah, I, I just think the whole thing is going to be magic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the, the design elements in an Eldritch show are always pretty fascinating. And um, because suddenly there are these puppets that just sort of appear. And... Um, you don't know what they are, and like you said, there's some a lot of phallic things in there, and yeah, and there's uh monsters and, and aliens and spaceships, yeah. and yeah, which is like the to do that to do genre like that in live theater is a pretty pretty rare thing. So yeah, you know, yeah, because usually it's just a small living room stories yeah. that we really obsess over. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of living rooms, you know? <laughs> I walk into a theater and there's like a couch and a thing and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know? It's rare that I see that and then I walk out going like, that was a show that I've never seen before. Right. I mean, yeah. it's happened once or twice, but like, you know, to walk in and not know what's going to happen or not know where it's set is like a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're excited for all that. What scares you? about it? Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't usually go into shows scared Mm. about things. Um, Yeah. I actually, when I did one of my first musicals in Winnipeg, um, someone asked me that in an interview and I was like, I, 
you know, because I hadn't done a lot of musicals in mm-hmm. Winnipeg, no one really knew I could sing. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this coming out and he was like, sure. so are you worried about the singing? And I was like, well, no. And just sort of kept harping on. So what, what do you think is going to be the hardest mm. thing? What do you think is going to be the most challenging? And, and I, I've always just sort of gone into things being like, yes. And That's good, there's yeah. nothing that worries me. Like mm-hmm. I, I trust the people that I'm working with. Um, and and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just totally open. I'm not scared about anything. I'm just That's excited. Good. That's good. I'm often scared before I start a thing. Like, well, on the first that, day, I'm always like, I don't, I don't deserve to have this yeah. job. <laughs> I'm a fraud. I tend, to, I tend to be like, I don't even know if I can do this. But I think the times when I've been the most scared going in are the times when it's been the most rewarding, where um, it's been most challenging, but also the most successful. Because... I think the fear made me work harder. If I go in, I'm like, oh, I can do this. Right. It's like you don't quite put as much in if if you if if you have all of that confidence. Yeah. So that makes it, sense. That yeah. that totally makes sense. And I don't know that I go in with like a like and I got this kind of. No, attitude, I'm not just saying you do. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's I'm always just like excited and. Yeah. I think we a lot of us show up on the first day of rehearsal wondering like am I going to show up and they're going to be like oh we meant somebody else yeah. like <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh oh it's you <laughs> we were expect oh, okay no, we'll see how you know and then three days in you're like okay we're done all the talking and now it's the acting is this where they change their minds yeah this is where, you know, I've got away with it so far so far but <laughs> this is the time now we're done with all the we've had our presentation we did a read or we did all the talking and now it's the acting part is now is now when they're going to be like no, we we, we 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 were we need to go in a different direction. Yeah, we thought you were funnier. Which <laughs> 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 is like the last thing that you ever want to hear. Oh, yeah. Um, when you you mentioned that your dad's in England, yeah, and your mom's in Niagara Falls. Did mm-hmm. your mom when did your mom fo- sort of follow you from the West Coast to Niagara Falls, or did she? Yeah. Um. So she and her parents and I moved to Victoria from England when I was five. Okay. Mm-hmm. My dad stayed there. He's uh, remarried. Mm-hmm. Um. My mom never remarried, mm-hmm. and she and my grandmother stayed in Victoria. Okay. Um. And she said she would never come to Winnipeg. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just the winters. She just you know she came to visit a few times mm-hmm. in winter because that's when you tend to do theater, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just not for her. And I totally. Got well, if you that. are used to a BC winter, oh, going to torture. a Winnipeg winter is yeah. a bit of a shock. Yeah. Yeah. I never got used to it. No. Ever. No. Huh. It was always just like, I remember like it would snow on Easter and I would just like go back to bed and cry. <laughs> um, so that's one of the things I love about here mm-hmm. is like uh, Matt, my husband, like he has trouble with the gray here because mm. it's always sunny in Winnipeg in the winter. Sure. Yeah. But for me being a coastal girl, I don't mind the gray. Yeah. I just can't be that cold. Mm. Um, yeah, so my mom said no, never moving to Winnipeg. And then when we moved out here, about a year after, she said, would you mind if I moved? And I was like, oh, please. Because, you know, it's so expensive to fly within Canada. Sure. And yeah. being an only child, mm. worrying yeah. about her being of so course, far yeah. away and living on her own after yeah. my grandmother passed away. Mm. And, um, you know, she has friends and everything. But 
it's certainly a lot better to have her closer. Sure. Yeah. And when I work at Lighthouse Theatre, which is in Port Dover, mm. they do a tour to Showboat, which is Port Colborne. Okay. And so in the summer, I usually end up living with her for a couple of weeks. Well, that's nice. Which that's is great. great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Your mom was was your your mother unwilling to to do the Toronto thing, or was like is Niagara Falls more her speed? Or? She, I don't think she wanted to live in such a big city. Okay, um, we lived sort of outside of Victoria in the okay. country, um, and I think coming to visit me in the city more and more, she's like, oh, I think I could have lived here, but like she bought a house in Niagara Falls oh, for like one hundred fifty bu- uh, one hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. So yeah. you know, it's a bit different. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. And she's involved in the arts there and, oh, yeah? and the politics there. Mm. So she's very busy. Nice. Well, it's always <laughs> funny when, when people come from, you know, I know people, they live in Barrie. And their idea of going to Toronto is they go as far as Yorkdale Mall. Oh and God. that's as far as, because they're kind of afraid of Toronto. Right. Um, so Yorkdale, the highways there, quick getaway. Yeah. Is a mall. You know, it's safe. <laughs> um, and so, like, that's as far as they go. Um, but when it's what you don't know... It's a it's a frightening thing. Yeah, and I think she expected it to be a lot less personal mm. than than it is. Yeah. Um, but when we first moved to Toronto, we lived um, at Young and Wellesley mm-hmm. um, on St. Joseph Street. Sure. And there was tons of actors in the oh, yeah, building, yeah. and you know we would know all the people around, yeah. and um, and she was really like, oh, you you have a community here. Yeah. And now we're more of the East End, and we live on a wonderful street where we know most of our neighbors, mm-hmm. and there's like two street barbecues a year. Oh and, yeah. You know, nice. it's even more connected than she's ever yeah. been hmm. in her adult life. Nice. In smaller towns. Yeah. Um, when you did, we talked briefly about you coming from Winnipeg to Toronto. Yeah. Um, what did you like? You went from Victoria to Winnipeg, and then coming to Toronto. What did you expect Toronto was going to be? Was there a culture shock for you from Winnipeg to Toronto, or or was it? Um, uh not really because I had visited mm. so I sort of knew what to expect I I think I think maybe I thought I was going to go out more than I actually do mm. <laughs> I think people often do it's like yeah. it's like when you when you visit when you visit New York I know people in New York but when I visit New York or something, you know, other place. You know, you go out in the evening, yeah. you do things, and then when you live there, you're like, well, this TV is on, you know, you do, <laughs> exactly. you know, whatever, yeah. you know, you know, you never when you live in a place, you never quite go out as much as when you visit. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I think that that's sort of the only thing that, yeah, I just sort of imagined myself like constantly at concerts and, you know, at the opera and mm. this, that, and the other, but. All, like, and all oh, the cultural all, things that yeah. we have that it's we like, all go the to. The opera's yeah. always sold out sure. and yeah. a gajillion yeah. dollars. And also, like, it's so expensive, <laughs> you know. I mean, people are like, oh, theater's so expensive. I'm like, try the opera. Yeah. You know. But, it, but you know, they have a discount if you're 25. And I'm like, excuse me. D- still like more. To, like, I'm still, <laughs> I'm way over 25, would like to see an opera once in my life, but I can't afford the ticket. Yeah. Like, you know, like, come on, guys. Yeah. I guess they're they're sort of like they're trying to trying to draw in sort of like the hip ticks that that uh, Tapa does and right. things like that trying to draw in get them when they're young yeah you know but also you know what get them get them when they're 
Not as young, also, because we also would like to go and see things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, do you have, is there, do you know what you're doing after Space Opera Zero? Do you have, like, stuff planned for uh, the spring, the summer, the into, into the I winter? I don't have or? anything um, until end of May okay. when I am directing my first show. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So we should talk about that. What are you What are you directing? <laughs> I'm directing, uh, do you know Kate Lynch, um, an mm-hmm. actor from the festivals? Mm-hmm. Um, she's written a play called Early August. Okay. And it premiered at Blythe in 2012. Mm-hmm. And I'll be directing it at Lighthouse. Nice. Yeah. How do you feel about directing for the first time? It's terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. I, uh, I just finished working with Marcia Cash mm-hmm. on Spider's Web and uh, just spent most of the rehearsal process going, oh, oh, no, she knows what she's doing. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm not prepared for this. Did you ever talk to her about about the directing process? Or were you yeah, a little bit. Yeah, she's she's so good. And uh, I just have to remember that she's been doing it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe not that long. Sorry if I... Maybe you're older than she. So, you know, she's developed a process. Mm -hmm. Um, I took the um, Richard Rose directing course Mm -hmm. at the Tarragon Mm -hmm. earlier this spring. And and that was a great thing to take away. He was like, I'm just going to tell you my process. Mm -hmm. And it was an incredible couple of weeks, very intense, Mm -hmm. completely overloaded my brain. Um, But he was like, you will all find your own process. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just started some preliminary set design discussions mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. my designer, which is exciting, but also like I've already had to make a difficult decision that I'm like, <gasps> I'm, I'm going to make it wrong. Oh no. <laughs> and it's going to affect the entire <laughs> thing. Uh. But, uh, um, yeah, but I, so far I've, you know, I'm hoping to work with people. I have two people on board already. Mm-hmm. That, um, I trust mm-hmm. and I adore and um, you know I just need to find three more people who are um, as open mm-hmm. and uh, generous as my two initial mm-hmm. guinea pigs that's I mean that uh, trust is like the biggest part of the theater process right and yeah. as a director to bring on a, a, a team you can't micromanage them, so you have to. There's a lot of trust there. Yeah, they have to trust you. Everybody has to trust each other. It's a, it's a giant trust exercise. Yeah, and one bad piece can make it all fall apart. Yeah, um, not to like put on the pressure. Not to be like, <laughs> not to be like, careful, everything will fall apart. Because um, I'm sure you're doing enough of that yourself. Um, did you ever was directing something that you thought you always wanted to do, or how did this come your way? I've been sort of out an outside eye on other productions, like as a dialect coach mm-hmm. or a voice coach. Um, I worked as a Shakespeare text coach with Shakespeare in the Ruins a few mm-hmm. times, um, and I've coached people for auditions. And then on the War Horse tour, I was the assistant puppet captain, mm-hmm. so I got to sit out and give notes on that sort of thing. And so doing that, I started to be like, I enjoy this, and I mm-hmm. enjoy creating moments with people Mm -hmm. in a way that you don't necessarily get to do as an actor. Um, And then you just, you see shows that you're like, that was terrible. And I think I could have done a better job. And so I just sort of was like, well, I got to put my money where my mouth is instead of just complaining about all these shows that I have problems with. Mm -hmm. And I have to step up and go, here's my offering. Um, 
and not that I think it's an easy job, no. uh, but, um, yeah, so it, it's, it, it's not something that I wasn't like a goal, like right. I'm going to be an actor and then move into directing. It's just sort of been a thing that's just been mm. outside of my head poking at me mm -hmm. for a while. And I don't even know, I don't even know if I'm going to like it. Oh, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, um, because I do enjoy being on stage mm -hmm. so much. Uh, I can't see myself ever just not being an actor anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This whole thing, like the whole next few months are yeah. just going to be such an incredible learning curve. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the whole, like, you don't know if you're, if it's something you're going to like. Like, the only way to know if you're going to like it is to do it. Exactly. And it's like... That's a it's a, it's a big commitment because there's like several weeks and there's a lot of a lot of stuff. So it's a it's a big like I wonder if I'm gonna like this. I know I will devote like six months of my life to this thing to yeah. figure out if I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, are there like as you're trying to 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 figure out what your process is? Are you using the Richard Rose stuff or is it just like picking and choosing? Or are you just like you've you've done that and now you're you're gonna go with your gut. Well, he his mind works very differently from mine. Okay. Uh, he's just like he's on another level. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he's, in terms of like the design, I think he's maybe a bit more involved. Mm -hmm. um, and that also could come from his years of experience too because, you know, he was talking to us about working on the design for The Message, the Marshall McLuhan mm -hmm. show that he's directing. And, you know, he was reading the script and he just kept seeing this vortex. And mm -hmm. so he really went into the design meetings with that as something he was going to bring to the forefront. Mm -hmm. um, so, so far my process has been different because I'm doing a much less conceptual play. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I'm also, I don't think I see space the way he does yet. I'm mm. not as comfortable picturing it. Right. And so I think at least this being my first time out relying on my designer mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. lot more and his many years of experience. Yeah. Um, it's Bill Chesney, um, mm -hmm. He designed Comet and Moominland. I don't okay. know if you know that show at all, but it's a kids' show okay. about this these Moomins, and the, it takes place in a tent, and the children sit in the middle of the tent, and the show happens on tables mm. as the the Moomins journey around <laughs> okay. the children. It's mm. just magic. It's mm. absolute magic, and he's designed a bunch at Port Dover, mm. um, and he's so great. And so, I'm really relying on him because he knows the space so well yeah. um, and he knows what works on stage and what doesn't. Yeah. And um, also I've asked him to help me become an effective communicator okay. with a designer because that's a whole different skill oh, sure, that I've never yeah. had to use. So, um, so that part's very different from yeah. Richard's thing. But one thing that he did say was like the first time you read a script, write down the central image that, Mm. is clear for you and mm. that was a really great way to approach a play and just yeah. say like what part of this does it speak to yeah. in me hmm. awesome and that that opens in uh in i think it's june 14th okay. uh in in port dover and you like start diving in you said may yeah may yeah. 20th okay well we're basically at the end of our time so uh, thank you awesome. so much for, for you. doing this it was so fun to talk to you. Awesome. Thank you.
This has been a Homebody Productions production.